Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited for today's episode with Nicole Pellegrino. I feel like we've had so many of the betches on this podcast and there's a reason and that's because they're all very interesting. And Nicole has a great story. She opens up a little bit about marriage and her relationship and we kind of just shoot the shit. So it's a fun combo. Feels like you're listening to friends. So hopefully you enjoy it. I am fired up because I just got back from the Harry Styles concert last night and it was so amazing. You don't really even have to know like all of the songs to have a good time at this concert. And I think what makes Harry such a star is his whole energy about like, you know, he says in the beginning of the concert, he's like, be whoever you want to be tonight. And I just get the chills thinking about it because it's so, it's such a message that transcends all generations. It's not necessarily Gen Z. It's not necessarily Gen X. It's not necessarily millennial. It's just be whoever you want to be tonight. And that's so special. And he's so appreciative of his fans. Like I feel like, and this is just because I'm a Taylor stan, but I feel like he got that from Taylor Swift just like that energy of being grateful and appreciative, knowing that you wouldn't be able to do this if it weren't for your fans. And it's just crazy. And like you think about these artists and going into it, I Stephen and I were talking and I was like, how much do you think he makes? Like how many people can Madison Square Garden fit? Like, what do you think? Like, and he was like, I think like maybe 20K. So that's like 20,000 seats in Madison Square Garden. He's doing 15 nights. I was like, just alone, it sounds like he's going to make like $75 million, like something crazy, you know? And Steven was like, no, he's not at all. Like he'll probably make like, he'll probably walk away with like $7 million or like $5 million, which obviously that's a fucking, that's a lot of money. But there's so many things like even just to turn the lights on in Madison Square Garden is like 500K. Then you have to pay all the vendors that stay there. Then you have to pay your agent, your manager, your the people who are on tour with you, the opener. There's so many like things that go into it. So a lot of these artists, they could make way more money doing like a partnership with Nike where they post like one thing a couple things on Instagram than going on tour. 
But the fact that Harry Styles is doing it for 15 nights, just in New York City, I mean, that's just in New York City. He obviously is doing other places too, but that's insane. That dedication is unmatched. And I feel like we're going to be talking to our kids one day being like, did you know that mom and dad went to a Harry Styles concert? Like he's going to be Mick Jagger energy, I feel. And it's just crazy. And like the merch line was so long and the merch was like $50 minimum an item. So he's crushing it, crushing it. If you have the opportunity to go see Harry Styles in concert, I highly recommend. The energy is just, I mean, every single person in the room feels special. It's amazing. Somebody asked how extending your friend group could help you find your significant other. Great question. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory, but the more people you know, the more people you are inclined to know and meet. So if you extend your friend group, if you start hanging out with people from different you know, places in your life and meeting new people, then you're going to meet even more new people. And I think, you know, not being afraid to go to that party where you don't know anyone or hang out with, you know, that group that you don't hang out with as much. That's an amazing way to, to meet people. Somebody asked why you're never 110% ready to get married. I guess I had said something like this in the last episode. And yeah, I just don't think that anybody... Oh no, my Gmail just updated. Don't you hate when that happens? Um, I don't think that anybody is 100% ready to get married. I don't think that anyone's 100% ready to have a kid. I don't know if you're ever 110, 100% ready to do anything. You just do it. And if you spent your life weighing the pros and cons of if you're ready for something, then you'd be miserable. And I know people who do that. I know people who draft an email like 700 times before sending it, work on it a little bit every day. Like that's not me. That's never going to be me. I go for it. And that's just what I do. And I feel like that's part of why I knew and didn't question getting married. I was like, I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. And that's really the way that you look at it. Okay, so this is something that I found on Instagram. It was a quote that I really, really wanted to share with you guys because I was like, whoa, my mind is blown. An insecure masculine takes the feminine emotions personally and a strong masculine holds space for them and learns how to channel or guide them gently. Love this, especially because when I was dating before I met Steven, I was really worried that I would be too much for somebody, that my like my emotions and my just unpredictability and moodiness and whatever it is would be too much for somebody, that I was just a lot, right? But that would only be for someone who's insecure. And I really do believe that a strong masculine, as it says in this, in this quote, really does like hold space for my emotions and channels and guides them. Like when I go off on Steven, which is not that often, even though I joke about it, but when I do, or I'm just in a mood or whatever, he doesn't take it personally. He's does a really good job of, you know, just kind of like rolling with it. 
And that is such a good quality. So if you're out there and you feel like you can relate to like being a lot, you need somebody who doesn't take your emotions personally because people I've dated in the past did. And sometimes it's not about them. You know, women, we've got a lot of hormones going on, being shot up into our bodies every day, especially if we're on birth control and even if we're not on birth control. So we need a man, if we're into a man or a woman, who doesn't take our emotions personally. Somebody said, when you started dating Stephen, were you in a date to marry mindset? People say you shouldn't be, but what if you feel like you're really ready? What's the balance between putting your needs and wants energy-wise out there versus a seeing what happens mindset? When I started dating Steven, I I wasn't necessarily in like a date to marry mindset as much as I was in a I know my worth and I know what I have to offer and I deserve somebody who can offer me the same. Meaning I was like, I am passionate about my job. I like have my own place, which I pay my rent. And like, I think that's awesome. I was like, I have a great group of friends. I like to think that I'm funny and attractive, you know, like I was aware, self-aware that I had all of these things like going for me. So I knew that I wasn't going to just be with somebody who I had to compromise that I wanted those things in them. I was like, it's not too too much to ask to be with someone who loves their job, who can pay their own rent, who I find attractive, who I think is funny, you know? And so I was more in a mindset where I was not going to make concessions for that person, whoever it it was. And in relationships I was in in the past, I felt like I was compromising too much. And I was very much in the let's see what happens mindset. But I was like, let's see what happens. Maybe they'll change mindset, right? Versus a this person's amazing. And if it works out, I will be so happy mindset. And I remember I went to my therapist like right after I met Steven, like after we had gone on a few dates. And I was like, it scares me how much I like this guy. And like, I don't usually do that. Like, I'm usually the one who know, like, I'm usually like very aware that I am in control of the relationship. Right. But with Steven, I was like, I really like him. I'm nervous. And my therapist just goes, you know what? Strap in, strap in. And I was like, oh my God, that's so perfectly said. I'm going to strap in. And I literally just strapped in and was prepared for the ride, which is what she wanted for me. And then we got married. So I don't know if any of that made sense, but I also think it's really, really important what comes out of you when you're dating somebody. Because if there's any, like if these negative qualities come out of you or if you don't like who you are, when you're dating someone, I wholeheartedly believe that's not a you thing. That's a your partner thing. You need to get rid of that partner. And when you're with the right person, the best sides come out of you. 
Like I was never domestic. I never cared to do anything like nice for a partner, not in like a cunty way. But like the second I started dating Steven, I was like, I want to bake for him and I want to do this for him and I want to do that for him. It was a side I'd never seen before. And I really liked. I liked that I wanted to care for somebody. And so it's so important to tune into what comes out of you when you're dating someone. Because if it's something great, then that's probably the person for you. And if it's not, then don't be hard on yourself. It's probably just not a match. Anyway, I'm really excited for you to listen to Nicole. I'm not going to lie to you. I was uncomfortable at the Harry Styles concert because of how turned on I was by him. Like truly uncomfortable. And I was just like, oh my God, like I just need to... I need to go home and masturbate. Like, it's not even about Stephen right now. It's not even about my husband. It's about me and Harry and the story that I'm going to now tell myself. Like, the girls who get it, get it, you know? And if you love hearing these stories that get you off, Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed for women by women. They bring all of your scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter what you're into. Maybe it's Harry Styles. Maybe it's your personal trainer. Maybe it's your boss. Whatever kind of thing you're into, you let your freak flag fly with Dipsy. They also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and they also offer written stories if you like to you know, get that, get your 50 shades of gray on for listeners of the show. Dipsy is offering an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme, that's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to D I P S E A stories.com slash Acme, that's dipsystories.com slash Acme. So whatever you're into, you can listen to it and just get off tonight by going to dipsystories.com slash Acme. Oh, and for free. Our next partner is a product I use every single goddamn day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just didn't want to have to take all these vitamins. I always forget to take them. I don't want to have a full smoothie because I love my yogurt bowl. I just wanted something in the morning that I knew was setting me off on an amazing note. And my friends were recommending Athletic Greens forever. I was nervous because I don't love the taste of greens, but they don't taste like greens at all. Plus, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's really amazing. I drink it right after my workout. Then I wait a little, then I make my yogurt bowl and it's lifestyle friendly. So if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you can still drink your athletic greens. It costs less than $3 a day and it's way better than your cold brew habit, you know, like not trying to personally attack, but you know, athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews for a reason. And you're getting all of the vitamin D, which you need. And by the way, did I mention your subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D? Yeah. Yeah. 
So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into a new season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Acme to get the offer, which is a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash Acme and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Have you been looking for a place to talk all things parenting? And I'm not talking about who makes the best stroller, but the really important stuff like how to be a better and more connected parent or how to raise children with empathy. Well, you are in the right place, folks. My name is Brandy Jordan, and I am a doula and parenting expert. And this is my show, Dear Doula. I will be giving you practical and impactful tips to parent with more joy, more calm, and more ease. I will also be talking to parents and experts who will be helping us to reimagine what it looks like to nurture ourselves and parent in more gentle and mindful ways. I am so excited to be in community with all of you. Can't wait to hear from you. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Betches Brides host and person in charge of all TikTok at Betches, Nicole Pellegrino. I'm so excited. You did a good job. Who knows what my actual title really is. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so happy we met. I have to ask a burning question before I even ask you how old you are and where you're from. Yes. Do you own Pellegrino? Listen, (laughs) I get asked this all the time and I'm like, I wish if uh-huh. I did, I would not be working. I wouldn't yeah. even be sitting mm-hmm. here recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd be like on a yacht in Ibiza probably. Right. But no, you know what? I don't have any. I used to like to fuck around with people and tell them that it's like my great, great uncle Gino's company. <laughs> but I don't have any affiliation with mm-hmm. that, unfortunately. Do you drink Pellegrino? I do, even though I have a Perrier right here. <laughs> That's because the event I was at before this only had these. I literally like yelled at them. I was like, why did you get Pellegrino for me. But I love Pellegrino water. I love it. I love it. I actually, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but I just, I don't like sparkling water at all. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh my God. Not even the flavored ones? Not even the flavored ones. Oh, what? Do you just not like the taste? I, I'm like obviously going to regret this when like someone wants to do an advertisement and I'm like, I love <laughs> sparkling water. You know? You're just like, you know what? I took a turn. I took it back. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like the taste. I like when I want mm. water, I want water. I feel you know? that. And I, you know what? I told my grandpa recently because he was, he only exclusively drinks Pellegrino water. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I, we have no affiliation again. But I was like, I think I read somewhere that it's less hydrating than real water. It has to be. Because something with the carbonation makes yeah. it like not as good for you. No, it has to be. And yeah, yeah I mean, I, we could talk about water all day. <laughs> really? But tell me how old you are and where are you from? I'm 29. 30 this year. And I'm from, well, technically I'm from Salisbury, Maryland. Okay. Love it. But I moved when I was 11. So I grew up in Florida. Okay. Amazing. (laughs) And what is your current relationship status, even though I know, but... Married. Love it. Just like you. (laughs) Tell us the story of how you guys met. What is your husband's name? Michael Freeze. So... Does he own the Freeze Art Fair? No, I wish. <laughs> I wish. It's spelled F-R-E-A-S. Okay. Which I kind of wish it was sound. It was spelled like the 
like to freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. So we met in college. We both went to James Madison University. I was like a sophomore and he was a senior, but then he ended up doing a fifth year. So anyways, I'm going to try to keep this story condensed. So we basically disagree on how we met and can't exactly remember. It was so long ago. Okay, so he says that we met at this, like, philanthropy field day event for his frat that they were putting on. And basically, I was, like, participating in in this musical chairs game with all these other, like, sorority girls. Sounds really cliche and lame. But he says that I caught his eye there, and that's, like, when we met. All right, one sec. I'm like... Nicole literally ran literally here sprinted. and is still out of breath. So And when I talk, I get out of breath because uh-huh. I talk so much. I'm just like energy. And then I swear we met in the JMU dining hall. I had basically like pesto in my teeth. I was sitting with my two friends. My one friend knew of him, knew him. And we were sitting at this table and my friend Tommy like called him over and was like, freeze, come sit with us. And I swear that's the first time we met. And which dining hall was it? Because you oh, somebody fuck. actually asked you oh which God, dining really? hall you missed the most from JMU. <laughs> it was festival, the least good one. Okay. The best one was E Hall. Mm-hmm. That they the dining at JMU was like elite. But yeah, so basically that's when I remember us meeting. And I remember like I thought he was so cute. Because you know how everyone in Greek life like knows of each other at schools like that. Mm-hmm. I thought he was so cute. I was, I had just taken an exam. I had just pulled an all-nighter. It was like midterm week or whatever. I looked like a little rat. And basically, yeah, he came and sat down with us. I don't even remember if we like talked at that lunch, but I do know that right after he texted his friend Tommy and was like, hey, can I get Nicole's number? And then, so yeah, so basically fast, well, not even fast forward, at the time, I was, like, I was, like, the type of person, like, before I met him who would just, like, fall in love with anybody, like, any guy I met. I would just fall in love quickly. I don't know why. I don't know what kind of, like— You're Libra rising, obviously. Okay. Yes, which we'll get to. <laughs> but I was just, like, chasing after fuckboys in college and in high school. I, like, started with guys, like, very young, I feel like. So, yeah, basically, like, he was kind of pursuing me in college and then— for the whole, like, year-ish. And then finally, I was, like, like, I wasn't really into him at first. I was just, like, okay, like, still trying to play the field, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I was, like, okay, wait. Like, I started to see him in a different light and actually, like, want him. And then that's kind of, like, when the tables turned, like, of course, right, when I started wanting him, he was, like, eh, like, not into you as much. And then finally, like, I don't know, it just, like, evened out. We both— Sounds like the most, like, toxic beginning, honestly. No. it's well, You were so young. So young. That's the thing. I was probably, like, 21. Yeah. That's one of my flaws. I don't know how old I was during, like, certain grades. I just know I was, like, end of sophomore year going into junior. Yeah. Because then we talked a bunch over that summer. But I was still kind of, like, talking to other guys, too. I don't even know if he knows that. But regardless. <laughs> yeah. So, basically— we a year later ish, we kind of just started becoming more exclusive. And then finally, I think I told you on the Betches Brides podcast, yeah. he like asked me to um be his girlfriend finally because I we were at this like date function for his frat and I 
like fine. I was just like got drunk and cried. And I was like, why am I not your girlfriend yet? So that's how he asked me. And then, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously we've been dating forever. Like we've had our ups and downs, especially when you start that young. It's just like, I feel like it's so rare. Like all of my friends dated guys in college, but they're not still together today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great. How did you, like, grow together instead of grow apart? Because it's been so many years since you were, like, babies. Yeah. I think one of the things, I mean, we really have grown together so much. I think it's worked because we both saw in each other that, like, we had the potential to grow so much. Like, obviously, I had no idea. His major at JMU was, like, marketing. Mine was media arts and design. We both didn't know exactly, like— what we wanted to do with our careers. But I saw something in him like determination and he saw that in me too. So we, that was first and foremost, like we didn't know where our futures would lead us, but we both knew like the type of people we were Mm -hmm. and each other was. So we were able to see like, okay, if I'm with this person, like they'll be successful. They'll have a good life. They'll be kind, a good Father one day, who knows? I I think like that. I'll, I just like think ahead with like that. But then I also think it really helped that we both always had our own separate lives. Like mm-hmm. my friends are always like, Nicole, you did a really great job of not like neglecting us when you had a boyfriend all throughout college and then after. Like I just never, I, I never was like ditching my friends for him. You yeah. know how some girls can do that. Yeah, that's so bad. And um, I don't know, like we both just have always had our own like hobbies and interests. And I think that's so important because like, and that's part of the reason I think like we lasted and we're still attracted to each other. Because mm-hmm. like any guy, again, I was kind of like a little fuck girl in the past. Am mm-hmm. I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, by the obviously. Way? Okay. <laughs> said the F word like four times already. I think if any guy were like too obsessed with me and like gave up their life for me, I would be so turned off in a second. Yeah, in two seconds. Mm -hmm. And just for our listeners, you're a Scorpio with a Libra rising and he's a Capricorn? or No, he's a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio too, right? What does this all mean? You know, I know nothing about astrology, but I'm into it. There's a lot of couples where it's two Scorpios. I mean, it just means that like you're both like very layered, like you're like Mm -hmm. two onions. Okay. Okay. I mean, we definitely are, but we're such different people. Yeah. Yeah. And male Scorpios and female Scorpios are very different. Uh, how? Again, I need your real full chart, but like <laughs> I would it. say that male Scorpios are more like introverted for the most part. And yes. like, yep. like female that- Scorpios are able to like work a room, but like probably also have a lot of introvertedness that inside makes them. So much sense. Yeah. It's as if you literally like have met both of us. <laughs> um I mean, yeah, he's He's definitely can talk to anybody. Like, he can actually talk to a wall. He can just, like, make conversation with anybody. But he's still a little, like, shyer and quieter than me. Mm-hmm. Less, like, energetic, bumping off the walls. But, yeah, and then I'm technically extroverted, but I do have such an introverted side to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, after this, like, I, after, like, being with people and talking for long periods of time, I go home and I shut the fuck down. Yeah, same so. though. It's just necessary. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned like you both were just like going to be career oriented. You know that like you had drive. 
How did you get this role at Betches? And what was your journey from like majoring in media, arts, mm-hmm. whatever it was, to being where you are now? Yeah, it's a very interesting journey. So basically, so I interned during college for this large government and technology consulting company called Booz Allen Hamilton. It's like big in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we went to school in Virginia. So after college, I ended up getting hired there. And it's like a really legit company. There's like 25,000 employees. It's big. It's it's where you like want to work if you're like a serious adult. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. have good benefits, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up getting hired there, moved to Arlington right outside of D.C. after college. Mike was also living there with his friends. I was living with my girlfriends. A lot of JMU people ended up there. So I was in D.C. for almost two years working for this job, doing like marketing, social media stuff, but also like government consulting. And everybody who I meet now is like, we cannot see you doing that job. Like it's it's just it was not for me. Like, yeah. they paid really well for out of college, like, but it was just so fucking boring at times. No offense to anybody who works there. <laughs> but, yeah, so eventually, like, after almost two years of working there, Mike was kind of in a role similarly where he was like, I don't really want to do this either. He was in, like, an inside sales role. And so we were both like, let's move up to New York. We have friends there too. Let's get like cooler jobs. Like he wanted to work in sports. So cliche of a guy. I wanted Does to he be, know? Yeah. So he mm-hmm. works for DraftKings, the fantasy sports awesome. company. Loves it so much. He's like a diehard DraftKings fan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we were both like, we want to be in like more fun, exciting roles in our lives. So we moved up to this area. To, then we ended up moving. Yeah, we moved in together when we moved up here was like kind of forcing it quickly we like how it, long were you together at that point oh god like five five four years so it wasn't forcing it it wasn't but like i would have li- we both were like we would just live with girls and guys but like fuck it it just makes more sense to move in yeah. together if that makes sense no of course and it worked like we were like fine it, i was glad we did mm-hmm. but yeah so then i ended up i transferred offices with booz allen up to their new york office and then I ended up getting a job doing social media for Nickelodeon and was there for like a little under a year. I jumped around quickly because I, I was like, I got to make quick moves in my career to get to really where I wanted because I just wasn't, you know, it was media, more of an entry level role, wasn't making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Hard to like live on that kind of media salary up here. So it was a really cool role, though. I got to, like, go to the Kids' Choice Awards, do some fun stuff, meet celebrities, all that kind of stuff. And then I ended up getting a job for this media company called Makers Women. It was, like, under, like, the Verizon Media umbrella with, like, uh, Yahoo, HuffPost, all those big brands. So another media job. And then after about a year of that, I saw an opening for Betches. And at this point— I was like, I need to know somebody there just to, like, bump my resume to the top because Betches gets literally so many applications. And Mike's good friend from home's younger sister works there still to this day, one of my good best friends. And I was like, connect me to this girl. And so we did. We got coffee. And then she was like, I'm going to send your resume. And 
interviewed and got the job. That's amazing. So, yeah. But, like, it all seems so seamless. And I'm, like, listening. Like, (laughs) I was not the person getting hired, like, when I was in corporate world. Like, it was harder for me to, to, like, continue from one place to another. I kind of, like... I don't know if plateaued is the word, but like stayed on the same level for like a long, a lot of years. But maybe that's also because I was doing social media. So what's your advice to like stand out and like crush when you are at these companies for one to two years? It is so I made it sound so seamless. It wasn't. It's so much easier said than done. My advice would be, well, one, like just full transparency. I took a like step back from like my Booz Allen job to Nickelodeon because I knew that would be the right step for me and look good on a resume and really set me up for success. But like in terms of salary, I had to take like pretty massive pay cut, Mm -hmm. which wasn't easy and not all people would do. And it was more of like an entry level role that I took. So like sometimes and I, I even when I took that, I was like, you know, I do feel like I'm a little overqualified. I definitely am not making as much money as I want. But like, again, I was like, this, I, this will set me up for success. So one would be like, I don't want to say like, do a job that you're overqualified for. But like, if you need to do moves like that, or like even a lateral move, you don't have to like always be rising and climbing up the ladder. And second would be like, start doing stuff, especially in social media. Like, I always tell people now, Do stuff on your own. Like with TikTok and the potential to go so viral and Instagram and everything, you should be like churning out, making like your channels your own personal resume. Like when we have applicants come in it for Betches, like even my TikTok interns and people that I just hired, like if we don't see that you're making an effort to create content that kind of aligns with our brand on your channels, like if you're applying for a content role. Mm -hmm then like, why are you, it's just kind of like, you should be doing that type of content, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense, especially, I mean, it's definitely like eye opening, because I feel like you might be scared to like, Mm -hmm. do your own content if you're applying to a role like that, because you're like, I don't want them to think I'm doing this to like, right, put myself on the come up and like, become this like, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's interesting perspective that like, it's actually good to Mm -hmm. hire someone with a following already. Totally, totally. And they don't even have to have, like, a large following or anything, like, because that's harder to build. It's just, like, to see that you're, like, trying and, like, already doing it. Like, Mm -hmm. I, my job when I first started at Betches, for example, was I was a marketing manager. And over the pandemic, I, like, went insane and really leaned into TikTok and was, like, doing like videos and content for Betches still because I was also running Betches Brides at the time. But I was also just creating like really funny TikToks on my own channel and really trying to like get to know TikTok well and stuff. So then when Betches was like, okay, we really want to prioritize TikTok this year and lean into that over like this past year, they were like, we want to hire for it, hire like a more senior level role. They first turned to me. They were like, Nicole, you're you're creating TikToks on your own account. Do you want to just like do that for batches and we'll put you in this new role? And I was like, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I think like just show that you're, yeah, show that you're really trying to go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got the cutest DM the other day from a girl who told me that she 
had heard about Hannah Florman from my podcast and she really wanted to get engaged soon. So she was like, oh, like, should I tell my boyfriend about her? And she went to Hannah's Instagram, which is at Hannah, F-L-O-R-M-A-N. And her boyfriend was following her already. Like, is that not the best feeling ever when you just really want to get engaged, but you don't want to have to bring it up and you just get a sign that they are on top of it? Like, there's nothing better. If you haven't heard of Hannah, Hannah is a private jeweler based in Boston, creating stunning diamond engagement rings. You might think that working with a private jeweler means your custom ring will take more time and be more expensive than if you went to a bigger brand, but neither is true. Hannah Florman has access to the best quality stones and designs with your exact vision in mind. In just a few weeks time, you will have the perfect piece in hand. And a few weeks is a an amazing turnaround. Hannah works one-on-one with her clients, designing each ring and sourcing the best diamonds on and off the market. She understands her clients' personal style and priorities and makes the whole experience really easy and enjoyable. I also personally know Hannah, and I have to say, all of her pieces are absolutely breathtaking. I'm currently wearing an amazing ring that she designed with my friend Stephanie for me as a gift because I kind of set up Stephanie and her husband. And it is the most intricate, beautiful. It's like three rings in one. I, If you're not looking for a wedding ring and you just want a ring, tell Hannah you want this green ring that I have. She'll know what you're talking about. Anyway, check her out. Go to hannahflorman.com slash contact to get started on your ring or piece of jewelry or follow her on Instagram at Hannah Florman, H-A-N-N-A-H-F-L-O-R-M-A-N. I talked in the solo a little bit about how I became somebody who wanted to nurture and cook for my partner when I met Steven. And that really is true, but it's not easy, the whole cooking thing. You know, you got to grocery shop, you got to do it not too far in advance, but not too late. And you have to have all the stuff for the recipe. And then I never get it. So I like, I run out and then I have to get it last minute. But Hungry Root is solving the whole problem. If you ever wish you could snap your fingers and have all of your recipe searching, grocery shopping, and meal planning done, you never have to think about what's for dinner or breakfast or lunch again with Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. You take a fun short quiz and Hungry Root gets to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. If you're gluten-free, do you like sweets? They keep it all top of mind for you and then they start building your cart. They recommend groceries that they think that you'll love and like fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, and then they send you a recipe with the ingredients. So you're not just like staring at these ingredients being like, okay, what do I do with this? They send you a recipe. So you know exactly what to make that night, the next night and the night after for dinner. It's perfection. And it'll motivate you to stay home more and eat out less. Right now, Hungry Root is offering We Met at Acme listeners 30% off of their first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash Acme to get 30% off your first delivery and to get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash Acme. And don't forget to use our link so that they know that we sent you. 
Let's go back to your relationship for mm-hmm. a second. You were together for for a long time before you got engaged. So, like, well done for patience. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Um, was there any point in the, like, either engagement process or before being engaged that you were like, maybe we should do a little bit of premarital therapy just because oh. it's so important and, like, preventative? Yeah. So... I definitely said that <laughs> a couple times. And listen, like two Scorpios, I'm, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you, like, we get heated at each other sometimes, yeah. right? Like no relationship. It's not like we're like fighting constantly. I swear. We're actually a very, I like to think healthy relationship. But, you know, we definitely like, especially when I usually start the fights too. I'm like the same. Crazy one. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, good. But it's better for the girl to be the crazy one, I yes, think. Yes, yes. You need the guy to be a little more level-headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a, a crazy guy would scare me. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> the, the key to a successful relationship is that you're the crazy one. Yeah. I yeah. just pictured, like, Mike being like me, and that terrified me. Uh-huh. But, yeah, so basically, there were definitely a couple times where I was, like, premarital therapy would work out so well. And we interviewed, on Betcha's Brides, we've interviewed, like, marital counselors and prenup lawyers and all these people before. But, and I'm always like, oh my God, I need to sign us up for this. And we just never did though. Yeah, We did do, so we had a Catholic wedding. We're like kind of fake Catholics though, like the Christmas and Easter Catholics. But we got married like under the Catholic church. So we had to do pre-cana, which I don't know if you know, are familiar, but it's like Kind of like premarital therapy. Yeah, it sounds like what you do with a rabbi before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of counts, I guess. Yeah, that's funny. I like I get this question a lot and we actually tried to do it. Like we actually found a therapist and then he ghosted us. Not even kidding. That's insane. I know. Wait, what? Like, how insane. busy do you have to be to like? Ghost I don't know. Clients? He didn't even answer, and he was so expensive too. And we both like had a discussion about like, <laughs> even though he's so expensive, like he seems like a really good therapist. We're gonna like put all of our eggs in his basket, and he fucking ghosted us. That's annoying. But that's like, what is the world trying to tell us? <laughs> like, are we not? Should we not be doing? Why have I heard about that lately? Literally, my cousin said the same thing. She said she went to a therapist and the therapist was like, I don't think you need therapy. You're fine. (gasps) And my cousin was like, no, I want, I just want therapy. Like, I think, I think I do need, like her dad, my uncle passed away. Like she's dealt with a big loss. And (laughs) the therapist was like, nah, you're good. And I have never heard of that. You're like willing to pay. That's insane. I've actually, I had a friend once, her therapist broke up with her. What? Yeah. She was like, I don't think we're a match. <laughs> Wait, usually um, you hear of the clients. I doing know. That. Okay. Were there any big so even though you didn't do this premarital counseling, were there any big disagreements during your wedding planning with your now husband? I would say, like, as it pertains to the wedding, we the biggest point of contention was the guest list, probably. Just because he has so many friends from college, his frat brothers. I hate saying yeah. friends already. But guys always have like 20 friends. And I'm like, how you're not that you're not best friends with all 20 guys. Yeah, like, no. do they really need to be at our wedding? Mm-hmm. And their significant others, their girlfriends who I've never even met. So that was definitely a point of contention. Other than that, thank God he's pretty easygoing and he kind of just like let me run with everything. And he kind of lets me win in all of our 
disagreements. As you should. Yeah. Like, uh, we had a really big one the other day. I literally <laughs> probably shouldn't be sharing this. Tell. You guys are going to think, like, we're crazy. We're good friends with our neighbors that live on our floor. I literally had to text my neighbor <laughs> and be like, could you hear me scream at Mike just now? Because, you know, apartment— like yes. I, every time I scream, I'm like, they <laughs> definitely just heard that. Literally. And she was like, no, you're good. And again, I'm making it sound like we fight constantly. I swear we don't. <laughs> it's also like, it's normal to just like. Right. And I yeah, get heated. live together. Like he was annoying me because whatever. I, I'm like making us travel all of this month. And he was trying to say like, we couldn't go one weekend to LA with just because of a bunch of reasons. And I was like, well, we're fucking going. And then after that, I just won. Like, we're going. We yeah. booked tickets. So yeah. he lets me win in the end. That's not like a fight. That's just like a right. discussion where right, you're right. like, we're yeah. fucking going. You know, like that's yeah. that's a regular, like a fight is like, I don't like your mom. And yeah. like, I don't want to see her again. So like, true. never talk to me again. Like, that's like, to me, true, true. a fight. Like, that's just like, Here's our plans coming up. Mm-hmm. And my husband does that shit all the time. Like we're traveling so much too for like all these weddings. And he's like, do we really need to go to? And I'm like, yes, yes we fucking need to go. Like, <laughs> thank you. you okay, know? this is so, making like, me feel better. Normal. It really, that's the biggest thing we fight over probably is yeah. just like, I want to do everything. I'm mm-hmm. very like, before we have kids, we need to do everything we right. can. And he likes to just, like, chill more and save money. Yeah. So yeah, he's more fair. logical. That's very Scorpio, man. Okay. What was the most expensive check or gift that you got for your wedding? Oh, my God. Good question. It was definitely a check. We regist- We didn't register for that much. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, close to 1000 Okay. I was going to say we should— Add that into the Betches um, Brides question rotation because it's kind of savage. You yeah, know? that's sad. Like, and you, and you I, didn't I, send like, me any of these prior. <laughs> totally. That just caught me off guard. I'm, like, I'm going to count your money. <laughs> How much? I like, no, I think one of like Mike's relatives gave us a very random number too. It was like, apparently he does this for every wedding gift. It was like $632. That's so random. Yeah, I don't know why. We got a check for like 1018 and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And then apparently 18 means like high, which is like in Judaism, like oh. good luck. Oh, that's cute. And then I was like, that's cute. But like, I was so confused at first. I was like, ha ha, honey, like we got 118 or $1,018. Like, what are we going to do with the $18? And he was like, no, you don't understand. It's kind of clever though cuz as the gift giver for the like the odd number like that it makes the couple remember you. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, but then but then after that there were like a couple other 18s thrown in there. Oh, okay. So, okay. I was like, "Oh, it's a thing." <laughs> so, I feel like you're always asking people these questions, so it's mm-hmm. fun to ask you. And I need full honesty, even though I know you've been honest so far. Too honest. Um, most expensive part of a wedding in your opinion, I guess like based off your own wedding. Yeah. Ours was, and I hate talking about money with our wedding because literally people just like are like privileged. And I'm like, listen, weddings are expensive. If if I'm privileged for like paying a lot for some vendors, then we're all fucking privileged. Okay. Right. Most expensive. I mean, aside from like venue and food, because that's Mm -hmm. like together, that's always a big thing. The band for us was like eight. Mm-hmm. which is a lot but yeah. th- like 
we splurge on that and um, full transparency too. You guys are going to, hopefully you're not like the Bash's Brides audience and calling me. <laughs> Literally, because people are like, privilege. We had help from our parents. Yeah. Like, and then we paid for some. Like, right. And that's who funded it. But like, it wasn't all by us. Yeah. So mad course. props to the couples who funded it without parents. But yeah, probably the band. And where do you think it's important to splurge versus save? I know you guys are always talking about that. I always tell people food, make sure like the food's good or just like you have enough. Yeah. Entertainment and music. And that you don't have to have a band. We just love live bands. You could do a really good DJ and that's usually more affordable than a band. Mm -hmm. And then venue, like you want to have a good like centrally located venue, I feel like. So yeah, splurge venue, food. And DJ, and then like save if you can try to save on florals. They're mm -hmm. so expensive and they add up, but like I don't think you need to have as many as people think. Mm. Like you don't need like flower petals draping the yeah, ceremony. Agreed, agreed. Like, spend ridiculous. more on the florals that you're putting for like longer periods of time. Like, so the reception florals, because people are spending four plus hours at the reception. Yeah. Like, the ceremony florals, like, you don't have to go as crazy on yeah. if you and, don't have to and budget. And repurpose them after. Like, we took mm -hmm. all of the flowers from our ceremony and put them in the reception room. Yes. Yeah. We did the same. Crucial. So do that. And then just, like, signage, I tell people. Like, we had a welcome sign. I literally don't think anybody saw it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to splurge on that. Paper products, like invitations and save the dates. You don't need to. Yeah, Jordana, you can do all of that electronically now. Everybody does electronic now. Electronic RSVPs, too. Yeah. Oh, and then splurge on the honeymoon. Yes. So that's the most which brings part. me to my next subject. Do you think Stop. that it's crucial to work with like a travel agent for a honeymoon? We did. And that's only because like we have this one that all the batches people use and they're great over the moon vacations. I don't think it's crucial. I will say that it did help so much just like alleviate. We were already planning so much with the wedding. Right. It was like it just was nice to have that help. Yeah. I don't think it's like it depends where too. Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing Italy and the coast of Italy and Greece, I think that might be a little easier cuz so many people always are floating around itineraries from that. Yeah. Or like Hawaii or especially like an all-inclusive resort or something like that. I don't think you do then. I think you can try to plan it on your own, but we were doing South Africa, which was very just like Yeah, you need uncharted. you need help with that for sure. Mm -hmm. Who pays for the honeymoon? We paid for our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. We split it down the middle. Love it. So did we. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But the honey fund, and some people think this is tacky. I like. I don't did give one a fuck. too. I don't care. Like yeah, we I don't live care. in the city. When you when you live in the city, you don't register for a bunch of items because you can't fit it. Yeah. So you do a honeymoon. I fund. know we did both, and we have no room for any items that anyone got us. And now we don't have a car to return anything to Bloomingdale. Ugh. So we're just like sitting. We have a whole area of just boxes in our apartment. And it's a big regret. So just definitely. a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just make a honey a honeymoon fund and, and, and call it a day if you mm -hmm. are planning a wedding. Tell me a horror story that you've heard from Betch's Brides about like something gone wrong at a wedding. Like one that read, like stuck with you because you were like, wow, that really sucked. Oh, my God. This is always the hardest question because there's a ton. I mean, like the little ones, there's like, you know, bride spills 
red wine on her dress, like, before the ceremony or, like, you know, like, bride and groom get COVID right before the wedding yeah. and have to, that kind of stuff. There was this one story recently. I'm going to try not to butcher it because it does have a lot of details. But basically, to summarize, this girl I know who's the sweetest girl ever, she was saying that her cousin, when her cousin had a wedding a couple years ago, like, her cousin's family apparently is, like, loaded rich. Her wedding was, and the girl is loaded rich, whatever. The wedding was, like, huge, like, expensive wedding. Apparently, this girl I know was a bridesmaid in her cousin's mm-hmm. wedding, too, and, like, you know, showed up to support her for the bridal shower. The bride, who sounds like a nightmare, which you'll, I'll get to it. You'll see. The bride was, like, all of my bridesmaids, you all have to chip in $600 to put on my bridal shower at this, like, this, like, really nice venue on the water, like a yacht venue, basically. And so that was the first straw. So, like, and the girl, I guess all the bridesmaids, like, the girl who was telling me, she was like, yeah, we just, like, did it. We were, like, didn't know how to say no. So she forked over 600 for her cousin's bridal shower. And then, like, Flew to wherever, I forget where, but it was like a really expensive wedding to attend. Gave a great gift. Fast forward a couple years later, the girl who was the bridesmaid, who I know, again, sweetest girl, she's now getting married. She's like asking her cousin to be a bridesmaid for her, not asking her to do much like the $600 bridal shower. And basically this cousin is like just being so crazy and rude to her. She's like, no, I can't be in your wedding. I can't afford to travel to Florida for your wedding. I can't afford to even, like, be there or be there for your bachelorette or anything. I mean, is that not the worst? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, this girl is just crazy. That is absurd. And that has happened to, like, that happened to me when I was— Really? Well, because we got married when we were, like, 31. And so, like, our friends who had their, like, were the first few people getting married— they did not show up for us, like Ugh. physically and literally and mentally, like just did not. And it's like the people who got married for, like, first, you're saying? Like friends of mine who got married first. Then like, didn't return the favor, you're saying? Like, okay. I, yeah, like I, I don't want to like get into specifics yeah. because like in case, but like there were just friends that like didn't even show up like at our wedding where like he was a groomsman or I was a bridesmaid, you know, like. Right. And just because they're like, it, the moment has passed, and that's that's so, so annoying. Up. I, I know. tell you're you're screwed if you're like the very first because people don't know how to like even celebrate a wedding. Like if you're one yeah, of those, yeah, no brides, one knows like how to get a gift, like right? Nothing. Or but you're also kind of sometimes if you're last, you get shafted because it's mm-hmm. like people are like, are, I can't do this. Like I have a kid, children. yeah, and it's like, well, sorry. It's like, like the only way that works is if you physically are. If the doctors like you are too far along to fly on a plane. Yeah, then, no, it's not even pregnant. They just have children. Oh, that's it's. I it's can't like, find a babysitter. I can't literally. <laughs> okay, and then were did you and your husband or like have you heard of people fighting at their own weddings? Because here's oh, the thing: yeah. it's very common. Because, like, it's the most high-stress day. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, you're just, like, chilling, like, getting married. Like, woo. And it's like, no, like, you're super stressed. Yeah. Mike and I did not at all, thank God. (laughs) Like, that would have been a nightmare. No, we were the happiest we've ever been. But I have heard of people fighting so much Mm -hmm. on their wedding. And that's just, like, I mean, listen, I'm not going to judge any relationship, but— 
try to avoid that because that yeah. would just you do not want to look back and remember that. Right. I think as long as you're like preparing as much as possible before and then like I kept reminding myself the whole day just this is your one day. Like mm-hmm. really soak it in. Don't worry. Don't let the small stuff get to yeah. you. Like you get to marry Mike. Like that right. is the best thing you could ever do. So not ever do it. That yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah, the notion yeah, yeah. of like weddings best right, day. Right, right. Like, that's no. a whole other But topic. that's a great choice that you had made. Right. Like I just was like we're – if anything, like I was like, Mike, let's just – I remember before being like – we have to make sure we really, like, stay connected the whole time. Like, we're really in tune with each other's emotions mm-hmm. because it's so easy to just, like, get ripped away from each other by guests and, you know, pulled in different directions. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't if, – if I remember one thing from the wedding day, I just want it to be that, like, you and I had a great time together. So – I think it's really important to kind of set those expectations going in. So important. I'm not going to lie. We did actually have a little fight at our wedding, but it was like not really a fight, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, My dress had like an overskirt and I wore it down the aisle. And then I didn't want to like then be just done with it forever. Like it's like a nice overskirt, you know, so I wanted to wear it to the cocktail hour too. Mm -hmm. But that was like obviously not the same thing as down the aisle. People were like all over us. Yeah. And everyone was stepping on this overskirt, like left and mm-hmm. right. And that, like, it was just dragging everywhere, like got so dirty. And then so we, like, we like went like in back to like the room we were in t- before we like came out for the reception. Mm-hmm. And Stephen turns to me and he's like, did you really need to wear that overskirt? Like it just like, Steven? it got like, and you know what? Like, <laughs> Maybe say that before. Like, I already wore it. I just wore it, <laughs> you know? That's such a, like, dumb guy thing it's to say, a, too, because they don't dumb guy realize. Thing. And my wedding planner, one of our wedding planners was in the elevator. <laughs> oh, God. And I turned to him. His name's Taylor. And I was like, did he need to say that? Like, I, I was like, did you need to say that? And then I turned to our wedding planner. I was like, did he need to say that? And he's like, no, he didn't need to say that. And I was like, exactly. So you got, you got somebody on your side. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to play this fun rapid fire poll questions. All right. Should you cancel your date if you're starting to feel a bit of a sore throat slash headachey? Yes, only because you want to, I would, because I want to feel my best. And like, I would be thinking about my sore throat and headachey. I mean, it depends how bad. Right. Depends how bad, but like also COVID times, like you never know. Yeah, true, true. Whose responsibility is it? between the parent and the child to call often and stay in touch when living in different states? (laughs) I don't know why my first thought is like, if it's the mom, it's the mom. If it's, that's so sexist of me. Mm. I'm like, it's not the dad's responsibility. You know how boys are just so bad at doing that. Interesting. That's That's so so funny because it's like the opposite for me. It's like my dad always calls me, but like, really? I, like, well, my mom and I. Your dad, tired. I can't even. Your dad is the cutest. Protect him at all He's costs. So cute. He, the, he did the Sarah Bareilles thing for you. Oh my god! I, your dad, your dad. Really I want to meet him. Yeah, I don't know. It's the technically the parents, but yeah. it always ends up being the children, right? Like in an ideal world, both. Mm-hmm. But what's worse on a salad: too much or too little dressing? Too little. Interesting. I couldn't agree more. Too little. Yeah. 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 I'd rather drown in dressing yeah. than be too little. Yeah. That would be horrible. You could always shake it to try to really spread it, use it, squeeze it for what it's worth. But yeah, no. Yeah. 
Do you use a loofah or anything to clean your body in the shower or just soap and your hands? I love these questions. Loofah, yes, but you have to switch them out like once a month. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Wait, okay. Waiting longer than usual to sleep with a guy, six plus dates. Is it okay to introduce him to your friends before sex? I'm the worst with dating advice because I missed that whole era. Mm. Um, is it, sorry, is it okay to introduce? Can you introduce you someone that you're dating to your friends before you've had sex, essentially? Oh, I think so, yeah. But sex is so important and means so much. Like, what if then you have, I think you can, though. Yeah. Because if you're building that much of, like, an emotional connection before you have sex, then I think it's fine, Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I, I was always, like, a have sex quickly person. Mm. <laughs> didn't, that, read, didn't read the rules. Read the rules. No, are, but that's because you dated only in college, really, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, true. Yeah, I my past is with the men. Yeah, as a whole. in college, like I definitely did not follow rules. For yeah, sure. no, God no. Um, okay, this one's very important. Would you rather leave a restaurant not full, like you want to eat more, or too full, like you wish you ate less? Too full, because then I get hungry again, and within one hour, mm -hmm. if I'm too full, it mm -hmm. always happens. Yeah. The not full thing sucks. Then you just have to get something else. Yeah, that's true. Is it okay to wear jeans to a baby shower? Like, it depends. But no, I no, wear a little sundress. Mm -hmm. Throw on something. Like embrace your girliness. Yeah. Or if you're not girly, don't wear just anything like girly. Just like cute slacks. Right. Cute like high-waisted yeah, slacks that's with cute. a little heel. If you're married, which you are, did you sign a prenup with your partner? No. And I think it's just because <laughs> there's like not enough assets to protect. <laughs> but you got to listen to that. We did it forever ago. But the prenup episode of Betches Brides, not to plug my show, but it was so enlightening. Mm. And after it, I literally was like, wait, should we? Like she talked about all the things like you essentially like. She convinced this lawyer it was like everyone, no matter how much you have, should have a prenup. Yeah, I've heard the same. Yeah. Love it. Nicole, do you have a quote or piece of advice you could leave our listeners with? Yes. Okay. My dad told me this when I was going into college, and it's my favorite piece of advice ever. I don't want to butcher it. It's make throughout your life, you're going to be forced with or faced with multiple decisions. I'm already butchering it. <laughs> throughout your life, you're going to be faced with multiple decisions. Make mostly good ones. I love that. That's so right? cute. Because it's like you can make bad ones. And my dad telling me that was like revolutionary because he's just like perfect. And I was like, wait, now you're telling me to make bad mistakes? Like, you know. Well, because you're always going to make mistakes. Yeah. 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 I love it. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and listen to Betches Brides? At Betches Brides is our handle on Instagram and then anywhere you can find podcasts. And then my personal channels are at Nicole Pellegrino. The O at the end is a zero. And then TikTok as well. Love it. Work on your personal channels, everybody. If yes. you can take one of the many takeaways from today. Yes, please do. 